Hey guys, Coach Witt here. I am here with Coach Buffy. Hey guys. It's Friday, August 16th. We are uh, in Charlotte, North Carolina. We are in our podcasting studio slash office. We are getting ready to bring you guys episode 12 of our podcast. This is Believe it or not, actually take three of this same episode. Buffy, tell us what's going on with, with our podcasting here. Yeah, so take three, third time's a charm. We were having some miking issues, so this should be like really smooth. We should sound like professionals, so please feel free to comment down below. But we have a special guest with us, so Whit, you can introduce him. Sure. Dr. Klaus is the newest member of the Live Active team. He works up in the front office with... With Brian, you guys might have seen him on the internet and on Instagram doing some crazy movement Monday challenges and some different things. Um, so Dr. Klaus, why don't you introduce yourself to us, tell us a little bit about uh, where you're from, your background, stuff like that, and then we'll get right into it. Hey everyone, I'm Dr. Klaus. I'm the owner of Klaus Sports Chiropractic. I have an office here at Live Active Charlotte, and I get the pleasure of working with all of the CrossFit Steel Creek members. I'm, I'm from Columbia, South Carolina, but I've lived there for most of my life. And I went to Rock, uh, Winthrop University in Rock Hill for undergrad. Oh, wow. Me too. Really? Yeah. Awesome. So I studied exercise science there. And then I went off to Palmer College of Florida for four years to study chiropractic. And now I, we are back here and um, get the pleasure of hanging out with you guys. Yeah, Charlotte's a great town. You're in a you're in a good place. So yeah. um, let's get right into this. Why don't you? Uh, my first question is, what's the difference when we're when we're talking with clients or we're thinking about ourselves? What is the difference in my mobility and my flexibility? So your mobility is the control over usable ranges of motion actively across particular joints. So we always have to talk about what position that we're moving our joints through. To whereas flexibility is just your available range of motion that you can reach passively. So you can either use gravity to stretch yourself or have someone stretch you. And that is just taking your joints through a range of motion, but doesn't necessarily mean you have strength and control over those ranges of motion. So mobility is basically like strength and control of flexibility. That's a really good way to say it. So previously, I've always talked with a lot of my clients about how mobility prevents injury. And I always talk about like, little kids. So uh, Dr. Klaus has a little brand new one, just took the tags off. And you know, <laughs> when um, those babies come out, they're crazy mobile, right? Yeah. Like you can do all kinds of crazy stuff with them, move them all around. But then uh, I always consider it kind of like a safety feature. Like they fall, they have some crazy, you know, fall and they'll jump right up and be like, I'm fine, you know, and just keep going on and playing. Whereas if I fell down the stairs, I would probably break a leg. Mom or dad falls down the stairs. It could be like a life injury, <laughs> um, ending injury. Yeah. Um, so it can be really serious. As we age, it seems like we lose that mobility. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Uh, do you agree? What do you think? Yeah, so we were all born with that amazing mobility. It's just simply the fact that we've, if you don't move it, you lose it. We've lost it. Um, I've, I get a lot of people that come to me and they're like, man, I, I just, it sucks getting older. Everything starts to hurt. All these mobility restrictions are starting to happen to me. And they're, they're only 40 and they're telling me this and they're still so young. I think it's just this technological sedentary society that we live in that we're just so static all the time and we've just lost this the ability to move. 
And when I start to get those people to just simply implement some kind of joint hygiene mobility on a consistent basis, their movement starts to get better because mobility simply has that ability to carry over into movement. But they've been the ones who have been stretching all the time and foam rolling and those things just they don't carry over because they're passive. We have to create a an active internal environment within yeah. our system. We see that all the time with the CrossFit kids because they are very flexible, like you're saying. So they're able to take that PVC pass through and all the way up and over their heads. You know, you put them in like an overhead squat and you're like, oh man, this kid is super flexible, but then give them a barbell and they can't stabilize yeah. in that movement. So that's the difference that you're kind of talking yeah. about there. That can be really dangerous. So you basically you're saying foam rolling, not worth <laughs> anything. No, I'm just kidding. Uh. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about. Yeah. So first I want to say like, and and within those people, they they feel like they can't control the weight. They don't have good control over their body. It's just, it's not the fact that they, their brain doesn't want them to control that because they they stop moving. So it won't grant them the ability to move in those positions. Mm -hmm. So with foam rolling and all of those passive mo- modalities, there is some worth to them. Uh, most of the research points to, you know, helping with delayed onset muscle soreness right, and right. and uh, all those. I mean, it's it's good. It feels good at mm-hmm. a certain extent. It'll give you that range of motion, but you also have to have the implementation of an active strategy and an active approach. So uh, you talked for a second about lifestyle. Do you think that's where most of our problems as adults are coming, uh, coming from kind of hitting on what Buffy said, you know, if you've ever seen like a toddler squat, their butts all the way to the ground, their knees are out, their chest is up. Like it's, it's perfect, you know, and now people, especially if you sit at a desk all day and you look at a computer, you know, you got that forward head position from staring at your phone all the time. Do you think that's what's kind of causing some of this? Uh, We're just not moving enough. Or do you think, um, you know, there are other factors at play there. Yeah, definitely not moving enough too often. We are stuck in these static positions. And that's why injuries occur. Because whenever you're not exploring your environment, your body, and you're going to deadlift and your spine is in a flexion, of course it's going to get injured because it's never in flexion. You're, or say someone comes in and, and they're talking about always being in neutral spine because they feel like if they're not, that that's, you know, that's the best posture, right? Well, if they come out of neutral spine, they're going to get injured because they've never explored spine flexion. What's going to happen in a deadlift? Your spine is going to have to flex. Mm -hmm. So we just have to, your body has to understand that your brain has to understand that range of motion so that it can grant you the strength there. And if you don't work through that spinal flexion, it's not going to grant you that you're going to get injured. You're going to, you're going to get mobility restrictions. Do you think some people are just kind of born without body awareness <laughs> there yeah uh, that's that's a good it, question. it is a good question there there's some people that are really hyper mobile some sure. people that are yeah. very hypo mobile uh-huh. and some people yeah some people are a little less you know a little more awkward and don't have that balance or proprioception so yeah it's always weird to work with different clients that have all different kinds of things going on you know some of them may be able to put their you know, like Buffy was talking about, put a PVC pipe all the way back behind their back or <laughs> whatever it is. And then, you know, we've got another client um, who can't even get the barbell into the front rack position or something like that. Yeah. And those people that are too hypermobile, 
that's too much passive range of motion. That's what exactly what I'm talking about. And so you need to close the gap between active and passive. That will put you at less less potential to get injured. Cool. cool. So if foam rolling is good for, let's say, passive type stuff and stretching, what are we talking about when we are, when you say active kind of mobility work? Exactly what are... What are we doing? Yeah, and the the problem is in the, in this fitness industry, everyone is do is claiming to do mobility, but it's so wildly different that nobody really knows what what they're do- like Ramwad and Mobility Wad, and, and they're they're still doing a lot of passive stuff, even though they're calling it mobility. So when I say active, a lot of things that I implement are controlled articular rotations and range liftoffs. You probably don't know what I'm talking about until you really see them or actually experience what, what they feel like. It's just creating an, a change in your internal environment, controlling your range of motion at their end range limits. And that's just something that we don't do. We don't. And, and if you do that and then we carry that over into movement, then you just will become a good mover. And then these mobility restrictions won't become a habit. You'll start to feel good. Yeah. Awesome. So you said two things. You said internal environment and feel good. So I'm going to talk a little bit about nutrition. So let's talk about, um, <laughs> it's, it's close to my heart. <laughs> um, so let's talk a little bit about what they can be doing already. Cause, uh, you know, we, we all have forms of inflammation. There is good inflammation. Um, so talk to us a little bit about how we can help that, uh, as far as our nutrition goes, uh, that internal environment. Yeah. So, that inflammation is good to an extent. When we get injured, we want that inflammation to occur. Sometimes it's too much and we need to control it. But that's where nutrition comes into play is if, if we're not on an adequate diet that's giving us the ability to heal and we get too much chronic inflammation, things will start to break down. We'll get damaged. Those soft tissue, that soft tissue will not be able to heal as well or as fast as it would typically be able to. So diet, 100%. And then supplementation, uh, a lot of things that I use are omega-3 fatty acids, fish oil, uh, turmeric, and CBD oil. CBD oil is one I've been trying out. Yeah, we like that. We like it a lot. We do. We use that (laughs) CBD oil. Um, I definitely notice a difference. What about, uh, let's say that I am in, I'm, I'm, you know, my nutrition is on point. Um, I'm doing the omega-3s you know, 1200 milligrams a day, I'm still uh, having some inflammation or some, I'm having, let's say a knee pain. uh, And I come to see you, what does that look like? What would you, how would you go about assessing that? Yeah. So typically I will, I will look at the knee. I have to see what's going on. Um, And if it's something I have to put the fire out, then I will. Um, But typically it's not the, it's not the culprit. We tend to chase it and it's, it's just a suspect. So we need to figure out where it's coming from. Um, most of the time we got to look above and below. So that knee is a stable joint in between two mobile joints, the hip and the ankle. So those are two things that I'll look at. I also look at other things, but that that's the main thing I'll assess passive to active ranges of motion, see where you're at, see if it's really affecting that knee. And if we can control, because what's going to control the knee when you're squatting, it's, it's going to be the hips, it's going to be the ankle. So you really need to have awareness of, of those and, yeah, so I have to assess very thoroughly to understand where that's coming from. Yeah, and that was kind of my next question. How often 
um, in your experience, is a knee problem actually a knee problem and not right. coming from a deficiency somewhere else? Typically every time. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. So that was more than I expected. <laughs> 90%. Cool. Um, so talk, uh, Buffy kind of hit on this for a second, but talk to us for a little bit about um, – if we were to come in and make an appointment, you know, what would that look like? What what would happen? What would be our first steps? And then what would, you know, what would we kind of go home with, I guess? What what would our homework be? Yeah, so it, it, start, it all starts with the history. I got to understand what what is causing the pain. If you're doing any kind of movements, that's really obstructing, uh, you know, your ranges of motion or, or whatever. Um, and then I go into the evaluation. I'll palpate and really feel the tissue, see if it's a soft tissue issue. And then we'll go into an assessment where I'll check your passive to active ranges of motion. I'll check some of your movement patterns. And then whatever I find will either treat or I'll take you through some active uh, corrective exercises or mobility training, mobility enhancement. And then I'll have different exercises to give you based on what my findings are. And we'll go from there. Do you have anything else so um, like to help with, let's say that you do have um, an injury where there is some soft tissue that you've got pain. Um, so talk to us a little bit about some other options other than just pumping them full of uh, ibuprofen or Tylenol. What, what other options do you have as far as like a pain um, yeah. issue? <laughs> yeah, so uh, ibuprofen is definitely not my scope of practice and I don't give that to people. So what I have is different modalities, different treatment options. And that is instrument assisted soft tissue mobilization, cupping, hypervolting, just all of those different mo- modalities to get you through that pain. And then we'll throw in that implementation of that active approach to get you better. Yeah. Um, I think cupping is, is, um, it's pretty fun. Yeah. I had, uh, <laughs> I had James, one of our members, um, I, told this story now three times i feel like uh, buffy and dr klaus are gonna be tired of hearing it but yeah, um we're gonna go ask him to do james that. goku yeah. he's one of our members he's vietnamese and apparently that's like a tradition with their family and one day he came in and he cupped me and josh maybe five or six of us and i don't know if he actually knew what he was doing or it was like the placebo <laughs> effect but my shoulder felt pretty good um after and i got all the, the cool little um circles. you know blood circles on my yeah. back so i looked cool um, so I liked it, but you said that you had tried it before too, right? And yeah. had some, had a good experience with it. Yeah. So I herniated, uh, a couple of discs, uh, it's like five, six years ago now. And, um, I did cupping, dry needling, hyperbaric, the ice, I did everything, um, <laughs> but surgery. And I noticed immediate relief. Uh, from the cupping and the needling. So um, talk to us. It works. I I think it works. That's awesome. I mean, we will throw whatever we can conservatively to get you better. Mm -hmm. And if that's going to get you better, that's what we're going to utilize. And cupping is, it's just one of those things that we will utilize, especially say you have uh, uh, something bothering your shoulder and it's coming from a trigger point. It's a reflexive change of tone within the muscle. Well, that cupping will sit there and it'll decompress and pull on the skin in underlying fascia to help get you better sliding and gliding. And we can do a, a few other methods to help mobilize. And then once that tissue starts to get better, then we can ultimately give you the ability to move again. So when I was hurt, uh, initially, 
I was like, well, that's it. I'm just not going to work out at all. I'm just going to lay on uh, ice. And <laughs> I know that we see this a lot with some of our clients. So I'd love for you to kind of give your your two cents about uh, this or your suggestions. Um, when clients do have um, an injury, and maybe it's not even that, you know, herniated discs are kind of big one. Maybe it's not that big. Should they still keep moving? Because I'll tell you, I needed to keep moving. I felt better afterwards. So there's a little bit of a difference there, a little bit of a dance. So talk us through what your point of view is on that. Yeah. I mean, I can't speak for everyone. It depends on who the person is. But typically, the movement is that medicine. It's going to be your best medicine. And when you're bed resting or when you're not moving and you get an injury, things are going to lock up more. You're going to get more things basically trying to impart that and you're going to get more pain and as soon as you can get moving depending on the injury things will the healing processes will speed up those will occur much more faster and rapidly so that is one of the most important things cool yeah you know again depending on what the injury is i think probably laying around just kind of on your ass and not doing anything for for three months or six months is probably the worst thing that you could do yeah, and you then know, you're going to go jump back into the gym without having exactly. what we talked about before, you know, progression. Yeah, it's not I like, did that. It didn't work. It's <laughs> not like you have to go to CrossFit or something like right. that, but you right. could you could walk the dog. Yeah, you yeah. could get out and, you know, play with your kids or mm-hmm. any any kind of something to keep you from just laying in bed all the time, yeah. you know, feeling sorry for yourself. I like that. But the, the thing about that is people think, you know, exercise, I need to go on a walk. But we really do need to explore more ranges of motion so that that's why I implement those joint hygiene, the cars, controlled articular rotations every day, stuff that you can implement that will actually get each joint moving through its end range of motion rather than just primarily walking in sagittal plane where you're not really exploring internal external rotation of your hip. Sure. I I really love what you said there uh, just a second ago about the hygiene part. You you wouldn't go, you know, without brushing your teeth. So you shouldn't go without doing your your kind of mobility hygiene as well. Maybe that's first thing in the morning. Maybe that's before you go to bed. Maybe that's both depending on what you need. But I feel pretty sure that most people could probably do a little bit more than what they're already doing. Yeah. You agree with that? That that for sure. So I implement a morning and night routine. And then whenever I can for a warm up or throughout the day when I've been sitting too long, I will implement some strategy to combat the lifestyle of sitting. And we just have to do this on a consistent basis. Otherwise, you're going to wake up out of bed and not feel too good. You're going to feel really tight and feel like you're going to have to stretch and feel like you're going to have to foam roll. But the, but that ultimately will not get you anywhere. You're just going to have to keep doing it over and over again. If you want to wake up out of bed and spring right up, then then that's where this strategy comes into play. Cool. Mobility. So where would we find something like that? Where do we find your strategy, your hygiene, if you will? <laughs> Um, is that something that you, uh, like, how would they find you? Yeah. So I do a lot. I've, I've taught a lot of classes here and around other, other different gyms and stuff. Um, I put up a lot of videos. I do a lot on Instagram as, on Cairo bro and class sports chiropractic and, uh, Facebook. So that's mostly where you can find this stuff. Sweet. We'll have uh Kristen put links to all of that stuff on our on our bio of this podcast. We hope everybody enjoyed um, getting to meet and kind of hear Dr. Klaus today. Hopefully 
uh, third time's a charm and you will actually be able to hear <laughs> yeah. all of us talking this time. Hopefully. But I had a really good time with you guys recording, recording these, even though um, the first couple didn't work out so well. Yeah. So uh, we hope you have a great day, uh, good weekend, and get out, get moving. Uh, look for Dr. Klaus on the, on the Facebook, on the website, on Instagram, Cairo Bro. Pretty easy to remember. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah, thanks, guys. Bye.